I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Andre, you're one of the few people on this planet that has had an opportunity to touch and even be with and cozy up to. What? The three newest mid-sized pickup trucks out there. And I'm talking about from General Motors, Ford, and of course, Toyota, right? That is true. And I would say even more, I've, I've been privileged uh, because I also saw not only the Chevy Colorado, but also the GMC Canyon in person and driven them, except of course, the New Tacoma and Ranger. Right. So recently we got a chance to look at a lot of stuff coming out of Toyota. Yes. The new Toyota Tacoma is out there and it is currently the volume leader by a huge margin. So this is a very important truck. Yes. And at the same time, Ford has a new Challenger coming in as well because they have the new Ranger. And all of these trucks have a lot in common, you know, with four-cylinder turbos and whatnot, but they all ex execute it on a very different level. They have different platforms. They have a lot of different trims. So there's a lot to talk about. And then on top of that, I bet you guys are wondering about the other three trucks that are out there that are considered midsize. That would be, of course, the Ridgeline, the Gladiator, and, of course, the Frontier. Yeah, those are there as well, but they're not new, so to speak. Uh, the Frontier is two years old now. Well, with it's like a year and a half -ish. year and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then about two and a half years old with the uh, 3.8 liter V6. So anyway, those we'll also discuss briefly. But this is the main deal. He's the dude. He's one of the guys, one of the few, who's actually had an opportunity to really be with these three vehicles. And so we're going to talk about how they compare, 
And we're going to contrast the differences. We're going to yeah. talk about a few things. Yeah. And you also saw the new Tacoma in person. I sure uh, did. At least two versions of them. I sure did. So uh, both of us have a lot of, uh, of course, uh, thoughts on mm-hmm. this. So in this episode of TFL Talking Trucks, we're talking about the golden age of the pickup truck. Of the mid-sized pickup truck. Specifically. Yeah. Yeah. But before we move on to contrast these trucks, and um, uh, you also have a lot of questions. Yes. And you have supported us on Patreon. That's right. Thank you for your support on Patreon. We have one way of getting to us through Patreon. Isn't that right? Yeah. Patreon.com slash TFL car. That's for all of our channels, all of our podcasts, all of our websites, one page. Yeah, we do appreciate that. Um, and because of the, the fact that these are people through Patreon who are trying to communicate, we try to prioritize what they're asking and try to answer them as soon as possible. Yes. So very recently, we had Michael Ross, Oscar Burgos, Elliot Tucker Dixon, Jacob W., and Noah Kurus. I think I said those correctly. I think you did great. Um, they're support- you guys are supporting us. Uh, thank you very much. We also have a couple of questions related to mid-sized trucks that we'll get into as we're talking about this. Okay. So these are going to be, as things unfold, we're going to talk about that. So that's great. Now, by the way, um, I just wanted to mention something. Um, there's been a few people who have been asking questions about um, some of the things we do, off-roading, um, our qualifications, whether or not in terms of you know going up and down the Ike Gauntlet, all these things that we do that other people want to emulate. And by the way, we're absolutely for that. As long as you're safe, go for it. We're thrilled with it. So just keep that in mind. I, I some, some people think that we would be against that. Absolutely not. We, we're no. absolutely for it. By all means, the more testing, the more data that's gathered on vehicles, the better. So I just wanted to throw that out there just just because. And we're also open to collaborations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, I, I purchased the Chevy Colorado. Yes, you did. And we'll have to bring this up in this in this episode, yes, of course. Yes, we will. Uh, but we want to hear your feedback. Mm-hmm. You've bought these trucks, many others, you know, not just midsizers, mm-hmm. heavy duties and full size. Um, so please let us know your thoughts, your experiences, your efficiency runs, please. Every, everything you're doing. The more data that's out there, right, between you guys and us and everybody else, we try to do real world data, which may or may not be consistent with what a lot of uh, automakers do. And then if we, you take our information and then your information and you compile it, it's actually a really good way of creating a database, one that's not an official database per se, but one that you can get a lot of information from. So just keep that in mind. So, yeah, we're all for it. Absolutely. You go and go out there and perform and let us know what you did. Yes. So we have to start with this. Like you mentioned already, Tacoma in the U.S. has been dominating sales. I mean, like by a huge margin. Yeah. And I'm on tfltruck.com right now. Mm -hmm. And I like numbers, as you know. Oh, yeah. Um, So I'm looking at Q1 sales. Um, In the first three months of this year, 2023, Tacoma in the U.S. sold... uh, 53,583 trucks, so almost 54,000. The second place is the GM combination, Colorado and Canyon. So you combine the numbers? 18,416. So almost Tacoma sold like three times. About three times, yeah. The second place truck. So this is how big of a lead they have. And this is just Q1. Yes. And of course, the Frontier is coming up. So... Frontier is actually in the third place right now, mm-hmm. Nissan. Gladiator is not far behind the uh, fr- Frontier. I'm sorry, the Jeep Gladiator is not far behind. 
Um, and then the Ridgeline and the Ranger um, are kind of wrapping up. Right. And the Ranger uh, is at the bottom, but obviously because that's the old Ranger. And we fully expect that this new Ranger that recently came out, or it was coming out, I should really say, that's going to change the sales numbers completely. The old Ranger was an old platform, one that was sort of a carryover from its European or overseas uh, version, uh, which only had a couple uh, upgrades in order to make it compliant for the U.S. market. Now we're talking about a whole new platform and a whole new Ranger, and we'll get to that in just a second. But what's interesting here is that we're now on a point, just this, this little interesting point, where we're about to have half of the pickup trucks in the midsize segment all new. And the most popular potentially exactly yes exactly the so this, is, this is a big deal yeah um so there's a lot of trends um and a lot of thoughts i've heard from you guys mm -hmm. uh, our viewers and listeners uh first of all both turbocharging is a big trend it is and yeah. a lot of people are standoffish about this um uh, for some sometimes good reasons but sometimes kind of old school thoughts you know from decades past well what does it all boil down to reliability doesn't yeah, it, it does. i mean it, it, it does. really does i mean because the, you can't deny the performance numbers a turbocharged four-cylinder almost every single one that chevy's building uh ford well ford also has a v6 and also um you know the ones that toyota's building their numbers are incredible when you compare them to the older v6s they had however what a lot of you have mentioned is ah but we don't think that these turbos are going to last and that is the big question. Yeah, and we're actually going to take a deep dive into reliability questions in the next episode That's because right. I have interview at least one, maybe even two, with engineers who built these engines. There you go. And yes, each engineer will have their own biases, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, we all do. But uh, you'll be able to hear from them exactly how they made these trucks more reliable or more dependable. Yeah. Uh, so keep going. Yeah. Uh, the, the, remember, uh, a nice gentleman came up to us at the Overland Expo. Well, we had a in, lot. In Flagstaff. Yeah. Uh, but specifically at Tacoma display. And he said, I would prefer to fix a V6 over fixing a 2.4 liter turbo. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, we didn't get a chance to dig into that question with him. But... The new V6s are also very complicated. They have dual injection systems on the Tacomas. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, so it may be kind of an old school thought, you know, that I would rather work on the V6 rather than the four-cylinder. I think the other part of it is, is that some of the tech that we're talking about for some of these new or future trucks is extraordinary. Think about Toyota. Toyota is going to be introducing a turbocharged four-cylinder engine that's connected to a hybrid system. And... That is something, obviously, that no other truck is doing in this class currently. But on top of that, that's another layer of complexity. And I could totally see why some people would see that and go, okay, well, the days of me being able to pull it into my garage, pop open the hood, and do a couple things are over. Well, uh, yeah, in some cases, you're not going to – I don't think you're going to crack open the block and start going in there and then maybe uh, – you know, bore things out. I don't think you're going to blueprint anything. These are these are kind of old concepts. I honestly don't think any of that's really going to happen. And honestly, I don't think much of that has been happening. These current engines are pretty complex as they are, as Andre said. So anyway, I think that it's it's the thinking of, you know, these things are so automated and so different than they were that doing little things like, you know, your own modifications from your garage are impossible or very difficult. And I can, I get that, but I don't necessarily agree with all of it. All right, so um, let's start with GM, right? So GM is already on sale. That's why I want to start with them. Which explains right? why you bought one. Uh, yes. So I wanted to be on this train, mm -hmm. right? So um, if you 
rewind back to like October, November timeframe, where we first were learning about the next generation Colorado mm -hmm. and the GMC Canyon. Um, I in November, I think it was maybe even the first of November, the order book opened, mm -hmm. and actually I haven't driven a new Colorado by then. Nobody has had at that point, but I still ordered it because I was like, this is the first new truck of these, you know, trucks that they were discussing yeah. that's going to be on sale. I was looking for a new vehicle, so I ordered it uh, without even knowing the price. <laughs> but just, I, I knew I wanted a little off-roader, mid-sizer. You just with, pulled, pulled, the, pulled the lever, made yeah, it happen. Yeah, and I've made some mistakes. We can discuss those. <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, but uh, I wanted a hitch towing mm. package, and I wanted an off-road setup, and I got both. Yes, you did. And I still think the truck looks dynamite. But the bottom line is that uh, we're not talking about just three trucks because there's also a whole bunch of vehicles from uh, GMC that are all based on the same platform that came out. Although, interestingly, I, unlike the past, they're very different in terms of what their outputs are and their trims. And, and also, you know, if you look at like even five or ten years ago, a lot of GMCs were kind of just a facial, like... Fascia was different. Right, right. It's uh, some different badges. Yeah, different that. badging, maybe different interior materials. Right, right. But they're actually getting more and more separate yeah, in, in how to. they present themselves. For example, we recently did uh, a side-by-side -side comparison of the GMC Canyon 84 mm -hmm. and my Colorado Trail Boss. And go gosh, $8,000 between them. But the interiors are completely different. Yeah, completely different. Also, the powertrain's different. Yeah, so the GMC Canyon gets a high-output version of their 2.7 turbo, um, and that's the only power plant. The 2.7 turbo is the only one. Um, so the high-output high output version gets you more torque, mm -hmm. uh, 430 pound-feet of it. Um, that engine is also available in the Colorado. I have what they call Turbo Plus, which is a mid-grade with only 390 pound-feet of torque. I mean, that's still extraordinary, but your, your second tier, there's the base model... Uh, powertrain, although it is, you know, still turbocharged, it's a very different engine. Yeah, and I've got this number wrong before, which is why I have a spec sheet in front of me uh -huh. to correct myself. The base turbo engine in the Colorado is 237 horsepower and 259 pound-feet of torque. Well, those numbers seem a lot lower, you know, than the 310 horsepower that the other ones have. Sure, but it's also, but you it's know... it's a work truck. It's exactly, it's yeah. a work truck. Now, with General Motors, throughout both of their trucks, GMC and Chevrolet, have the same uh, layout in terms of cab and bed. There's no long bed, as far as I know, and there's nope. no uh, extra cab or standard cab. Or any short cabs. Whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. So you have one cab, one bed option. That's it. And I was kind of bummed. I even was talking about this at the first drive event in mm -hmm. the new Colorado. That was in San Diego. Right. This was a few months back. And... Some of the other journalists I was discussing it with, they said, well, that's what people buy. So why do you need other cabs or other beds? I'm like, well, that's not quite the case. And what happens? Toyota Tacoma is proving, is, you know, proving the point that more variations could sell more. So we'll get to that in a second because I think it's huge to keep that in mind because it's not the only truck that really only gives you one cab, one bed. Another example of that would be the Jeep Gladiator. And then I believe, what's Ford doing? Uh, so let's talk about this. So yep. we are talking about the next generation 2024 Ford Ranger now. Right. I did go to Michigan and I, I did touch it, like you said. Uh, I got inside of it, I sat in it, and I really kind of went all around it. Um, also the same thing, crew cab only, short bed only. So both of these guys are kind of pulling from the same punch. Now, here's a big difference. 
Whereas in the General Motors cousins are all dealing with the same, well, a similar displacement, uh, 2.7 liter? Yep. Four cylinder. Ford has a couple different engine choices. Yes. And their solution, actually three. Mm-hmm. So because uh, they also, the Raptor is coming right. to the US. And the Raptor gets a V6. A three liter. Yes. yes. Um, and other Rangers will have a 2.7 V6 that we've you already tested in F-150s and Broncos. Which is a phenomenal V6, at least in those trucks. Is there a four-cylinder as well? Yeah, the 2.3 returns. And that's the turbo, which is already a pretty torquey little number. And that's the one we've had in our Ranger. We own the 2019 Ranger yeah. here at TFL. And that thing ran just fine. But they're, they're, they're ditching certain things, and they're sticking with one cab configuration and one bed. So no more extra cab, huh? Right, no more. They call it super cab. Oh, they have weird naming. Yeah, I, I, that's why I blow it all the time. Uh, but the extended cab is gone. Also, no option for a longer bed. You know, there was a prototype I think caught in Michigan a couple months back with a longer bed Ranger. Oh yeah. And the internet exploded. Oh my gosh, the long bed, you know, Ranger is coming, but not at least not yet because they did not announce anything. Right. About, so at least with this. the current one that's about to come out, uh, we can say that. Very similar to General Motors' take on it. Now, here's an interesting thing before we go further. Yes. The dimensions on these trucks are remarkably similar, and there's a good reason for that, isn't there? Yes. There's a big word, marketing term, that every manufacturer is saying together. And it is? Garageability. Garageability. Thank you. And that is exactly what we're talking about here. That's one of the things that midsize trucks are really known for, the fact that they are compact and you can put them in certain places that you just can't fit a full-size truck. I actually bore witness to that back uh, when, I, when I buy my old house about seven years ago. Yeah. Um, I used to have a Toyota Tacoma. You remember that my black one, mm-hmm. and I loved that truck. But it wasn't really that big of a truck, right? I still could not fit it into my 1953 house that I had at the time. The garage was too low and also very shallow. So I was just able to get it in there after I re- removed the upper rack which made it a little, like, I don't know, seven feet high. No way it could get into that garage. So in general, in terms of its overall dimensions, a mid-sized truck can get into most garages as opposed to, say, a full-size truck. So that's a huge thing. Yeah, um, I have a similar story. So um, to some extent, I was shopping with my wife for a house. You know, mm-hmm. you've, you've been to my house. Oh, yeah. Um, and I wanted a big garage. Mm-hmm. So a three-car garage was on my list. Sure. Right? Um, and we were fortunate, you know, in Thornton uh, here in Colorado, we, f- we found one. And I, I didn't measure anything. I was still a dummy. You know, this was a few b- years back. Right. I'm, I'm still kind of a dummy. Oh, anyway, so I. I was so excited. It, we looked at so many homes. We're like, this is the one. It's in the cul-de-sac, right? Mm-hmm. And come to find out, the garage, well, it's seven feet tall, which is okay-ish in most terms. Mm-hmm. But it's only 19 feet long. Right. I had no idea. So... I had a Silverado heavy-duty Duramax. Yeah, there's no way that's going to fit in there. Nope. Uh, The new trucks, even the shortest ones, uh, they're 17 um, and three-quarters feet long. So think about it. In my garage, if I parked the new Tacoma or the Ranger or the Colorado inside the garage, I would have 12 inches of additional space. How do I walk around my truck? In my garage. Well, in my case, I'd have to suck in my stomach in order to make it around the back. And that's provided that you pull all the way up to the wall. Yes. Basically kiss the wall yes. with your what bumper if you have every a shelf time. there or right, something Right, exactly. Or, you know, some sort of component, whatever. Totally get that. And that was a problem I had with yeah. my house. So both you and I are on the same spot. So in order for 
people to, you know, who live in houses or apartments that have small areas, this is where midsize trucks are really shining. And this is also where compact little pickups are also shining. Like because the Maverick. Yeah, like yeah. the Maverick and also the uh, Santa Cruz. They're much smaller and they fit in even more places. So, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Anyway, but I wanted to mention that because it is important because their numbers are very similar in terms of overall size, width, height, cab size, interior size. So and this is quite interesting because um, what GM did, they extended the wheelbase by about three inches. Yes. So they stretched the wheelbase and they talked about how important it was to create a better approach angle be, by pushing the front axle mm-hmm. line forward. Um, also improve stability in many respects, right? If right. you design the suspension around that wheelbase, and I'm kind of bear witness to that. Uh, my truck, I'm pretty happy with the way it handles. Mm-hmm. I just returned from uh, Memorial Day weekend. Right. Uh, we went to the lake with you the went, boat. Yeah, and you towed your boat, right? Yeah. yeah. I towed my boat, which is about 6,000 pounds, which is why I bought this truck. I wanted more towing capability, right? Right. Uh, and my truck is rated at 7,700 pounds. Which I believe is best in class. Exactly. That's another reason why I purchased it. So, you know, um, you know some of the highways with expansion joints, mm-hmm. concrete uh, sections of highway? My truck didn't do that because I think it was because, not because my truck is amazing, I don't think so, but because the axle on a boat trailer, you know, is all the way back. Yeah. You know how boat trailers are designed? Sure, sure. I think that length combined with my truck was just good enough to kind of smooth out that highway, and I was very pleased. I see what you're saying. So... I mean, now you've done the same run in a Ford F-150 with with the power boost. Yes. And I had a little bit to dunk in that. Really? Yes. So I think it's just kind of an artifact of the wheelbase, which is about 131 inches in the midsize segment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bigger trucks like the F-150 is 145 inches. Gotcha. Um, Anyways, I digress. But... They did not increase the overall length by no, much. No, it was just the wheelbase. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, compared to the previous truck, the, the numbers are almost identical with the exterior dimensions on this cab and bed design. So then Ford stretched it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they stretched the wheelbase by about two inches. They made it wider by about two inches. Mm-hmm. Once again, making it more stable and handling a little bit better. Uh, but overall, dimensions are about the same. Yep. Then Tacoma did the same thing. Yes, however, Toyota did something very different than Ford. Hmm. Toyota has more than one cab configuration. Toyota has more than one bed configuration. Yes. And that is totally different than the other two. And and to add more fuel to the fire, for those of you who dislike Toyota, Toyota is also one of the few that also is including a manual transmission on certain uh, versions. Yes, the non-hybrid ones. Right. The, the standard turbocharged next-gen Tacomas will continue to be, off, you know, in several trims, will offer a six-speed manual. There's another truck that offers it. It's the Gladiator. Right, currently. but the Gladiator uh, doesn't have any of the other types of options. The Gladiator really is, in some ways, it's kind of like the uh, Honda Ridgeline because they're, they're outliers, right? They're way out compared to some of these other trucks. Not that they're bad. In fact, Andre and I agree that they're both very good in their own way. I mean... Mm-hmm. The, still, the off-roading king is one of the you know Gladiator Rubicon is really good, and in terms of highway performance and overall just driving capability, the Ridgeline is fantastic. But they don't quite have the numbers and the capability that are currently matching these other vehicles. Nor do they have very many versions of these vehicles. For instance, there's no different cab design or bed design for either of these two mm-hmm. at all. 
And I believe, I don't know if they still did the diesel for the um, Gladiator well, or not. Well, they're kind of slowly phasing it. Yeah. phasing it out. But for the most part, V6 is in both of them, and they're just really one or, you know, whatever, engine choices. So very little choice, really, in terms of that type of configuration. So going back to these four-cylinder turbos, which essentially all these other new ones are, um, the only V6 that competes with them, in my book, would be the Nissan Frontier. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the 3.8 liter that you mentioned, uh, which is 310 horsepower. It matches a lot of these numbers that yes. the other trucks now, the, the new ones have. It does. And it's already been proven to be a pretty good powertrain, a uh, nine-speed automatic transmission. Um, good truck. However, uh, no other engine choices, first of all, none. And then I think there's two cab choices. You can get the king cab or the yep. big crew cab. And then because of that, there's two bed choices right. as well. Um, so the Frontier is almost like a Tacoma in yeah, some of the configuration yeah, options. Yeah, yeah, closer to the Tacoma closer, than, yes, than anybody else. Closer. But here's where the Tacoma completely just rewrites the rule book. They brought back what is essentially a two-passenger pickup truck. Yes, and we saw it in uh, Flagstaff. That's right. It's where it debuted. They call it Extra Cab. Mm -hmm. And it kind of dumbfounded a lot of people <laughs> because uh, even people who we met over there, yeah. they said, oh, does the rear open up? I'm like, no. Yeah, I even made the mistake uh, during the video. Apparently, I said something like, oh, and the rear doors don't open. <laughs> Be Which is, they yeah, don't exist. They, there's no rear doors. <laughs> and I, but, but because I'm so used to rear doors with these old configurations, that's why I said it. So I do apologize. But nonetheless, and this, is, this, is, this story is awesome. Andre and Roman went to Hawaii where they debuted the Tacoma in the first place. Yes. And by the way, for those of you who are wondering whether or not they were screwing around, you know, playing pool or whatever, nope. We did four videos from that trip? At least. At I least think. four videos yeah. from that trip alone. And also, Sheldon Brown, the chief engineer, spent almost an hour with us. Sheldon yeah. is fantastic. I yeah. even got to meet him because Sheldon did exactly what Andre did. Right after that event, instead of screwing around, they jumped on a plane, hit a red eye, and came straight out to Arizona where after landing in Phoenix, they were driven up to Flagstaff, where they could do the debut of the other the, two. The pre-runner. The pre-runner, and yeah. also another Trailhound. Yeah. Trailhound. Trail Hunter. I said Trailhound. Sorry. Trail well, Trailhound is the truck we created. We built, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I, I mix them up all the time, too. Do you? Okay. Anyway, but the Tacoma, so, yes. And Sheldon, did. he stood out there in the rain and was presenting this thing. Yeah, he so, is really devoted and yeah. knows every nook and cranny of this truck, which is great. Um, and he was able to answer a lot of questions that I didn't even realize I had. So other than the fact that this is a two-passenger vehicle that does have a back cab, so to speak, but it's really for storage, the storage solutions that he came up with are fantastic. Yeah, they created kind of a pegboard solution to mm -hmm. at shelves. There was kind of a negative comment about this or several that said, you know, pegboards don't really work in my garage. How can they work in a vehicle? Mm -hmm. But I think they thought about a lot of this, of course. This yeah. is Toyota. Um, they are all, he also, remember he mentioned you could 3D print certain um, um, mounting solutions that you can insert. So in, in case you have your double barrel, you know, super Shazam gun or whatever the hell you're going to be using. I don't know if Sheldon that. said use those words. No, he didn't use them. That's why I'm throwing them in there. But okay. I saw other people. Are, I, I mentioned that fishing pole and people are like, oh, it's like a fishing pole. It's whatever you're going to put back there, you'll be able to 3D print a whole bunch of stuff that you can actually create and put in there. So that way you have your own bespoke mounting setup. 
Not only that, but there's also trays that came out of the floor where you can mount stuff uh, and, and put stuff. And even deep store a hitch. Exactly. Said. Large enough to hold a hitch. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool solutions. The whole vehicle itself was a big surprise to an awful lot of us because it's rear drive with a rear locker and a lifted front end. And it is coming back to this old school mentality of having these pre-runners back in the day, which other automakers made as well. Awesome stuff, right? Yeah. And so uh, I was just trying to find an image of the pre-runner. Okay, while you're doing um, that, can I bring up something else, yeah, though? Yeah, please. Because uh, I read a couple of comments where people were like, how much did Toyota pay you to do these? Uh, they paid us in hula girls and coconuts. Whoa. I mean, come on. So, yes, I mean, this is the so, truck really stunned us. I, isn't that fair to say? I mean, it really did. Yeah, and, um, and Toyota did something else. By the way, uh, all manufacturers have these events. Yeah, events, And they invite uh, many journalists. On the Tacoma event in Hawaii, I want to say at least 50 outlets were there. Yeah, five was zero. I mean, this was a big event. And a lot of them um, actually made it over to Flagstaff, too. Yeah. I'd say about half of them. And what they do, because uh, some of us, most of us, can't afford to go to Hawaii just as an outlet because right. a, lot of, a lot of outlets are not that big, right? Right. Um, manufacturers fly people out. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens. Yep. And I, I know somebody started some sort of rumor that there was more than two of us there. No, it was just two of us in Hawaii. And then Roman... Uh, went somewhere else, and we covered Flagstaff together. Yeah, exactly. And so, and what we did, by the way, at Flagstaff, if you watch some of our videos where we compare uh, the pre-runner to the um, Trail Hunter. Trail Hunter. I was going to say Trail Hunter again. Uh -huh. Trail Hunter. Um, you'll see some other journalists that are, are hanging out as well. We stood back for about a half an hour letting them get as much footage as they could before we had to jump in and start shooting our own stuff. Because a lot of the people know that we just have to shoot this stuff, too. And so we tried to play fair. So just so you know, that's why there's so many journalists hanging around while we're shooting. Anyway, uh, so should we talk about this? Because the Toyota, in some ways, is the most surprising of the three yeah. in my book. And um, Roman and I were thinking about this uh, when we were, you know, saw, saw these trucks for the first time. Because we looked at the number of choices they offered, mm -hmm. right? Um, let me just go through it and see if your mind explodes. Uh, blow my mind. So we already talked about cab and bed configurations, but they have a three different braking packages depending on the size and the weight of the Tacoma. Okay. They have different size disc brakes, mm. four corner disc brakes. Right. So no more rear no drums. No more rear drums, which is something some of you guys really hated Toyota for. So three different options for that. Uh -huh. Five different suspension options. Wow. I'm talking about from the base one uh, with leaf springs. Right. And we saw it on the pre-runner. Pre-runner has leaf springs. Leaf springs. And then they went to coil springs from there, right? Exactly. Uh, with a multi-leg system in the back. Right. And then they worked their way up to two different suspensions that Toyota built. And then they went to Fox 2.5. On the TRD Pro. And then Old Man Emu. Oh, yeah. And by, by the way, I got a comment uh -huh. that I mispronounced Emu. It's supposed to be Emu. Emu. The, uh, from uh, a fellow from Australia told me this. Yeah, but but they so, don't have emus in Australia. But but they created the suspension. I know, I know. I'm just trying to give you e help. emu. E okay, you're gonna say emu. I'm gonna say emu, <laughs> and then you let us know in the comments below which one is wrong. I honestly, I have always said emu all my life, and well, you know what? If we don't have an Australian accent, sorry. Or uh, uh, so there's also Bilstein shocks that Tacoma offers. Was is not good. Exactly. 
Sorry, but that's – sorry, Bill, guys. If Bill, you're going to – Bill Stein. Bill Stein. Okay. All right. And there's also something they call the AVs. And it's not the Colorado Avalanche, <laughs> I know. but but it's the Adaptive Variable Suspension, which is on the Tacoma Limited. Ah, gotcha. Which is kind of adjusts how it works, just by itself. There's no really a switch really that controls the shocks themselves, but it just kind of works Got magically. It. Okay. So that's a lot of choices already. And then uh, they created the Trail Hunter version in addition to the TRD Pro. So it's kind of at the top of the range. It's kind of a two-prong approach. Right. Now, uh, the TRD uh, Pro yes. is your super off-road capable. And they say for faster running. Desert running, stuff yeah. like that. Okay. Even with bump stops, you know, hydraulic bump stops. Ah, built, gotcha. Built and then the Trail Hunter is your overlanding vehicle. So it's not for the fast stuff, but it's for articulation, yeah, smoothing and out the road. And carrying more payloads. Right, and Because payload. they n realize that people put a lot of stuff in their trucks. Big, yeah, big campers. Big tents or, and yes. stuff like that. So supposed to handle more payload. By the way, we don't have all the numbers yet. No. So not all the payload numbers for each trim. We don't have a lot of some of, some of those data. That is correct. So, But we're not even done with the variety, are we? Because we have four different engines, right? Yes, or outputs. Four say. different outputs. Yeah. So the 2.4 liter turbo that they've had in some other SUVs already, like the Highlander, mm -hmm. um, the Grand Highlander will have it. The the Lexus vehicles have it. Some yeah, a couple like um, the uh, the uh, NX I think has it. And I think the RX, the new RX, RX version yeah. of the hybrid system has it. Okay. And also the Toyota um, Crown. Okay. Has a similar setup. But this is kind of the first iteration where they turn the engine lengthwise. Right, so it would feed the rear wheels as yeah, opposed to the front. Yeah, instead of the front, right, yeah. front based. Um, and then they stuck basically the electric motor for the hybrid system. So there's both, right? There's non-hybrid and hybrid. Mm -hmm. The hybrid one uses the same electric motor that's been already in the Tundra. Okay. So that's kind of a proven... You know, Toyota is always measured, right? They try mm -hmm. to test things out and... Do it kind of in they know their reputation is based on reliability, so they want something that out of the box has some reliability. So they've used the Tundra electric motor, mm -hmm. and then they use the same battery from the Tundra. Gotcha. Which is a nickel metal hydride, so it's not a lithium chemistry. Um, they've used nickel metal hydride in the original Priuses. In the very uh, first gen, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of the actually that same in a few chemistry. different gens, yeah. I think they've used them all the way up until recently, actually. But they've also proven that you know they're nickel metal hydride, right? Um, the, yeah, I mean, they're, there's they're, different generations yes, of that. but that they're very tough batteries, and they, they rare, you know, unfortunately, some lithium-ion uh, batteries have had issues, and I think well, they're trying to avoid that. Yeah, well, I think this is my layman's look at this. Please. The, the nickel-metal hydride stuff in the Priuses and the new Tundra and the new Tacoma, it could be a little bit larger and maybe it's slightly heavier. Mm -hmm. But that's a trade-off, right? It's a little bit more lo long-living, a little bit more reliable, uh, lithium batteries can be smaller, mm -hmm. more compact. Yes, yeah, much more. Yeah. Um, so you can get more energy sometimes into mm -hmm. them. But so that's the trade-off: either choose a little bit more, you know, space and weight versus kind of energy storage. Right. Right. And at the same time, and I remember talking actually to Sheldon. He was saying, "Yeah, it's a it's a tough battery. It can handle some abuse, which is the whole point in the truck." But still, we ha we haven't gone into all the different versions of the Toyota powertrains. So you mentioned the, the, the base model turbo, which was used in various vehicles. Yeah, so now it's come back. And now, interestingly enough, of course, six-speed manual is available. 
or an eight speed automatic. Okay. Not a 10 speed. No, which is what we were all expecting, including me. Yeah, because the Tundra has a 10 speed. Right. The Ranger has a 10 speed. Correct. So you would think to match the Ranger, or I think they benchmarked the Ranger because Ranger, because we've seen prototypes of Tacoma prototypes next to Rangers parked. At the time, I think that at, that was their yeah, goal. At testing facilities. Yes. So I, I, I'm sure they looked at all the competitors um, very closely. But Sheldon, once again, said that 10-speed was kind of the benefits of a 10-speed outweighed the extra length and the size and the cost of that transmission versus a smaller one. So we'll have to see how it works. It's going to be interesting to find out. And obviously, ratios are the most important thing with it because, you know, choose the right gear ratios. Maybe it won't matter between 8 and 10-speed. Who knows? So a couple things. Uh, We're still only halfway through with the engines. You still pulled away from it. Uh, so we now so have, much. yes, so there's two different four-cylinder turbos, and you can get them with either the eight-speed or the six-speed manual. However, there's also uh, hybrids, and the hybrid transmission, sorry, the hybrid engine does not have a manual transmission option. Right, and this is a little confusing if you look at their website, because yeah. it says available with, and then they list everything, but you have to pick and choose, right? Right. Um, so, and... Let's get back to the output on the non-hybrid first, because okay. this was when I saw it, I immediately the Ford Ranger came to mind because gotcha. the for the manual transmission, Tacoma Turbo, it has the same horsepower and the same torque output numbers as the Ranger. Fabulous! Uh, yeah, I think they were looking at each other. Ah, uh, yeah, you, you um, would say so. And then for the automatic version of the Turbo Tacoma. It has eight more horsepower mm-hmm. and seven, por- seven more pound-feet of torque. So now they can say they have more torque and power than the base Ranger. They can indeed. That's interesting. So I think they felt some pressure from that because mm-hmm. uh, the numbers look very, very similar there. Right. Okay. Then the, the hybrid electric motor combination with the turbo engine, mm-hmm. 326 horsepower. Ugh. So 16 more horsepower than the Colorado GM Twins. Yeah. And more power than the Frontier. Oh, yeah. And 465 pound-feet of torque. 465. 465. That's that's more than any mid-sized diesel before. And I think it's more class. No, it's not because there is an exception. What? Isn't the V6 Ford... I, I knew you were going to go there. Yeah, okay. So the the Ranger Raptor that's coming mm-hmm. early next year has a lot more torque. I, I'm sorry, a lot more horsepower, mm-hmm. 405. Damn. But less torque. Is that the 3-liter? Yeah, 3-liter twin yeah. turbo, 405 horsepower and um, 430 pound-feet of torque. Okay. So the hybrid Tacoma is still the torque king. Okay. But not the horsepower king. No. So And they work very differently. Mm-hmm. So you know what's coming up, right? Drag race. Well, yeah. <laughs> Among other That's, things. Well, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, the drag race is something we do kind of out of fun and some just morbid curiosity. But we'll also be taking them, of course, off-road and doing all sorts of different types it's of tests. Efficiency testing. Oh, I mean, and we're doing. Is, drag racing is for fun. Efficiency testing is real. That's where the wallet is hit. Well, not only that, but after about a decade doing this, the Ike Gauntlet. Once again, we will definitely be putting these vehicles on the Ike. Yes. Um, the Ike in July of this year, mm-hmm. which is only, what, about a month away. Yep. Uh, ten years of Ike. Ten years. We're preparing. We, we want to celebrate in, in style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been talking to Kent, Mr. Truck, Roman, and, of course, with you and the team. 
uh, I want to do a special video, but we want to do a get together, but we don't have the details yet. Okay. So, so we cannot announce anything right now. Right, right. And, and I don't want to get your hopes up because we don't know whether or not this is going to be able to, to happen. Hey, by the way, some, some people asked, you know, why do we call it the Ike Gauntlet, uh, even though it's on the Johnson and Eisenhower? You were the original creator yeah. of that trademark term. I was. So if you guys are curious why, and this is, we came up with it, so that way it would be identified as, you know, ours. Big surprise. Um, Eisenhower, for those of you who knew the general who became a president, well, he was also known as Ike. So that was simply, you know, it made sense. Ike and then Gauntlet was because, you know, it's a difficult thing to do. So that's why we came up with that phrasing years and years and years and years ago. And uh, yeah, so just keep that in mind. All right, let's move on uh, because we've been talking a lot about Toyota. And once again, it's because it's the newest kid on the block, even though the Ford only was a couple weeks before then. Yes, you know which what is I mean? crazy. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. And Ford had a lot to say with, you know, they truly are coming out with this Raptor Ranger. And as cool as that is, and as the numbers are astonishing and everything else, what's interesting to me is that Ford also has a couple other powertrains that are out there. And once again, this makes them a little bit different because Ford is not dealing with one but two different V6s and they have a four-cylinder turbo. Let's talk about Ford a little bit more, and then I'm going to blow your mind again. I'm ready. Yes. So this, so they made the new Ranger for 2024 model year a little bit wider, like mm -hmm. I said. So now you can stick a V6 in there pretty easily. Okay. Um, so they're doing it. It's basically built at the same factory in North America as the Bronco. Okay. And the Bronco, we've had a Bronco yes. at TFL, has a V6 already. So it was a no-brainer, right, really. But what wasn't a no-brainer is that manual transmission that's in the Bronco did not make it into the Ranger. And many of you, including me, thought that, hey, wouldn't that make sense to bring it back and put it in the Ranger? It, it was a seven-speed, I believe, seven technically seven-speed. gear. Right. And how cool would that be to put it inside Ford? Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to do it. It's entirely possible they may have some sort of special FX, Tremor, Godzilla, well, crazy well, they got package. rid of the Tremor. That's right, they did get So it. what if they're going to bring back the Tremor manual? Uh, with a manual? Oh. Because that's super crawl gear? Yes. Ooh, that'd be great. Now, this is there's this no is rumors our, about yeah, it. This, this is, is just, just us, us hoping, right? That, that's all it is, just to let you know. So the V6 introduction, the 2.7 mm -hmm. and the 3.0 are later. So the configurator's online now. You can go to Ford.com and configure. And um, I don't know if you can pre-order, but maybe at least do a reservation. Good luck with pre-ordering. I'm oh, sorry, guys. Uh, this is it's, across the board. It's across the board. Yeah. All manufacturers are still... It's better. It's gotten a little bit better. People are starting to get their vehicles a little bit quicker, but it's probably going to take, I don't know, another year before we're back on our feet, provided nothing crazy happens to the supply chain between now and then. Exactly. Uh, but that V6 is coming a little mm -hmm. bit later. And I asked, actually, a Ford engineering team, why not just introduce the V6 now? Mm -hmm. You know, so the trucks are configurable. They're going to be uh, going on sale in the fall right. of this year. And they said, well... We, we didn't want to change everything at once. So for every manufacturer, including GM and Ford and Toyota and others, reliability is key, right, mm -hmm. for all of them. So when you change everything at once, some issues come, can, can come up, production issues, factory issues, uh, whatever. So they said that we're going to keep the same 2.3 for a while. We're not changing the power numbers on the 2.3. And then a little bit later, we'll introduce the V6 and then, of course, the Raptor, right? Um, and you would say, but wait a minute, overseas you're selling Raptors already. Yes. Why are we with, second? With diesels, I think, right? With diesels. And now the three liter V6 is in Australia already. Oh, yeah. So why are we the second class citizen when, when it comes to the Ranger? Because we're not pronouncing emu right. 
Oh yeah, emu. Yeah, that's no. why we got we got it. Yeah, ang- people got angry. I I don't know exactly, uh, but I think it's because of the world and how, uh, of course, our laws are. Mm-hmm. Because currently, the trucks that are sold here have to be produced in North America. Right. So, or else chicken tax can be an issue. Yeah, chicken tax can be issues. There could be other issues. Um, so if you look at all pickup trucks, you know, the Tacoma is built in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, Ford Ranger is currently built in Michigan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, even the uh, little Santa Cruz is built in Alabama. Frontier is built in, in Tennessee. Right. right? So uh, I hope I'm getting that right. You got Anyways, it right. um, so you see the trend. Yes. So they couldn't do everything at once. Launch the Bronco mm-hmm. and then launch the Ranger at the same time. Right. So. And that, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, for, for it is they, they have a happy problem, which is people want their vehicles and they're ordering them like crazy. And, you just know, delivering on those orders. Exactly. Yes. That's the tough part. And uh, so Ford is definitely, you know, trying to go in the right direction. Now, quick, quick question for you. Yes. Okay. Now, we talked about the three vehicles. And the reason why we're not going on in too deep with Chevrolet and uh, GMC is because we've covered them before ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. But amongst the three of them, which one do you like the best visually? Ooh. Um, you know what? I really like the Tacoma in person. Uh, I think the Pro. Because it didn't have that big chin area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know that there was a controversy already. Um, I, I believe the chin is there for aerodynamics. Right. It's efficiency. only nine bolts and it comes off really easily. This is directly from and the engineer. And they did that um, not in front of us, but when we were in Flagstaff, they removed the chin off the pre-runner. Yeah, they just tore that thing off real quick. Well, they, they took it off real quick. And once again, nine bolts, very quick. And they understand that, you know, it, it, it's kind of weird looking, but... Uh, the, the whole point of it is for aerodynamics, so it gets better mileage, because remember they have to maintain certain EPA ratings, so that's important to keep in mind. However, um, it's interesting. So you don't think the Raptor? So was, I mean, so I did both see both the Raptor and um, the Tacoma TRD Pro. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so by the way, so let's talk about this mm-hmm. because off-roading is very important. Oh it's yeah, where the trends are. It's right? my favorite thing. It, it's huge. It's mm-hmm. insane, and the prices are also going through oh, the roof. My God, uh, which is a negative part. That's of that trend. that's one of the negatives, and we're going to cover that in just a sec. Uh, but uh, the Raptor, I I found pleasing. Oh, you know what? Mm. Mm. The seat comfort, because ah. that's that's now a thing for me. I don't know if I'm getting older. But I want to be able to fit in a vehicle. Right. Like properly. And Tacoma changed that a lot. They made their seats more comfortable. Yes, they did. And you're about 6'3". Yes. Okay. So comfort in the older Tacoma was always an issue, especially for tall people, because your butt's almost on the floor and your legs are kind of up in a goofy position and headroom isn't much. I mean, it's a very small, the former one, small cab. However, Toyota saw this and said, okay, we're going to fix that. And they did. Yep. They increased it by almost, what, just over an inch and a half. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it made a difference. Mm -hmm. When I said in the new Tacoma, I actually fit. But I think I fit better in the Raptor. Mm -hmm. So sitting in the Ranger Raptor, you know, the seats have a lot of bolstering. Sure. It was just super, super, super comfy. Uh, I think manufacturers are realizing this across the board, and they're making their interiors more comfortable, uh, period, because the pricing is also going up. Well, that's the problem. So, I mean, we're talking fifty, sixty thousand dollars for some the of these trucks. The new Ranger Raptor that's available next year starts at fifty-six thousand nine hundred. Jeez, almost wait. fifty-seven. And um, the reason why I said I'm gonna, I was gonna blow your mind, is because 
um, well, partially, the 2.7 V6 twin turbo in the Ford Ranger outpowers and almost out torques the new Colorado, mm. depending on trim. Yeah. Um, the Ranger Raptor 2.7 is 315 horsepower, so mm -hmm. it's more than the Chevy Colorado. So, so more than the Nissan? Uh, yep. And then 400 pound-feet of torque in that V6. Okay. Which is more than my trail boss that yep. I purchased. Um, anyways, and we already talked about the Raptor power. But the Raptor brings several things to the table. Twin lockers, front and rear, uh, active exhaust system, active suspension system. Uh, I mean, these are high-tech features from the F-150 Raptor that now made their way into the Ranger Raptor. Right. But they didn't do, they only did 400-watt inverter system. Because hmm. they keep talking about, you know, these trucks are for uh, outdoor people. Right, right, campers. Uh, and Campers. Uh, some people do a little bit of work sure. with these trucks. Uh, and Tacoma said, oh, the F-150 hybrid is great, but the Ranger doesn't have a big inverter. They're offering 2,400-watt inverter and in that, Taco. That, which is impressive, and that is on their hybrids. Yes, on their hybrids. Does it have a similar type of thing where you can plug in from the back? In the bed, there's another plug. Okay, so there's yeah. a plug in the back. Uh, they also brought the Tacoma brought in built-in air compressor. Very cool. And that, when well, I saw it, you know what it reminded me of? The mm -hmm. Rivian. That's the right. The Rivian has it too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think not only... You know, Tacoma was not just looking across a traditional manufacturers. I think they're actually looking beyond it and looking at even people like the Rivian. Now, we don't have pricing with the Tacoma yet, do we? Nope. Okay. No, we don't. So what we do know is what for some of the Fords cost and also what the Chevrolets cost. And the pricing for those starts in the low 30s mm -hmm. um, and then goes all the way to the high 50s. Right. Especially if you look at the GMC Canyon, mm -hmm. right? Uh, those prices go way up. Uh, the new first edition uh, 84X Canyon, which is the most off-road capable one, mm -hmm. it's like the ZR2. Uh, that pricing is almost 60. Jeez. So, yeah, all of them, I think, are going this way. But it's competitive. I mean, look at Jeep. And what the, if you get a fully loaded Gladiator with all the bells and whistles and everything else, you're going to be in that realm as well, especially mm -hmm. if you get the diesel, if it's still available. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... It's, it's very painful. The good news is that most of these brands have less expensive versions of their more powerful selves, and they still are providing some really cool tech. And I think that that's one thing to look forward to. And I'm, I'm going to try to blow your mind again. Okay, do it. Oh, we also have to answer Oscar's question. Well, let's answer Oscar's question. because, yeah, because we're, we're, it has to do with Colorado. Fire away. Um, so Oscar Burgos is asking on Patreon.com, uh, he went to his dealer. Mm -hmm. I tried to get my engine upgrade for the 2.7 liter, which they promised, uh, where you can go from turbo plus to high output using a dealer, you know, recalibration. Mm -hmm. And they said, he says, uh, Oscar says, his dealer um, said uh, they won't be, they don't do it. Huh. So what's going on here? He says, are they not doing it because they're not doing it, or uh, is it not ready yet? And I think the answer is the latter. It's not ready yet. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, these vehicles only came out a couple months ago in terms of public consumption. And knowing General Motors and how far behind they are with everything they're doing, with, they're even worse than Ford in that respect. They're just so far behind. Well, at least with this Colorado launch. Well, just well, everything. Um, in, yeah. They're built in Wentzville, um, Missouri. By the way. Okay. So having that tech for the flash or whatever you want to call that to, to get the higher output, 
I mean, I would have well, expected it if they announced it, but yeah. Because I think it also involves some training, right? Because it's something that's slightly new. Because mm -hmm. I don't think they're offering really dealership tunes, approved factory tunes um, in other vehicles. That's I mean, fine. they do offer like performance exhaust systems, mm -hmm. performance intake sure, systems, sure. but I think the software piece is new. So maybe it's training. That's uh, entirely yeah. possible. Yeah, so, so that's know, coming. It, and it's, yeah. We'll do another story about this. Absolutely. So, so that's goodness. But we're not done yet. No. You, you know where Case was last week? He was in Michigan, Michigan. at the Milford Proving Grounds with GM. Uh huh. And he saw the new Colorado Bison. Ooh. Yes. We have a video about this. Ooh. Yes. So let's review the Ford Ranger Raptor 33s. Mm hmm. Twin lockers. Yeah. The TRD Pro Tacoma mm. and the Trail Hunter don't have twin lockers, but they do have disconnecting front sway bars, which is interesting. Yeah, it's very on interesting. A, especially independent. The, in, independent front end. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's cool. And they prioritize that over front locker. Mm -hmm. That was their choice. Uh, the Bison Colorado twin lockers and um, basically 35 inch tall tires. Ah. They just said, bam. They just threw a bomb in there. Um, but there's a couple of caveats to this. Okay. You know how Ford, when they do a Raptor, they boost the power. They mm -hmm. give it a unique engine or something about it that's more powerful than any other version of that truck. Right? Yes. Well, GM decided to keep the same high output 2.7. So they're not massaging their engine at all. Yeah, but didn't they do that last time with the previous Colorado? Yeah. They did they, nothing special with the engine or, right, or transmission. Right. It's all about suspension, it's mm -hmm. all about tires and, and of the course, lockers and all of that. Of course, you know, AV bumpers mm -hmm. and skid plates and all that stuff is there. Um, pricing is not available yet. Okay. Also. So so we don't know exactly how the Bison um, and also the correlated version of the GMC is. Uh, but there's just so much happening in this space. There's a ton happening. And I know what you're probably saying right about now. Yeah, there's a ton happening, but where are they on the streets? Why aren't they at the dealerships? And you'd be right. It's taking a long time for them to actually roll these things out. So we'll drive them and it could be months before they're actually seen in person. So we understand the frustration, but just keep in mind that, you know, in our case, there's nothing we can do about it. But I think it's going to be that way for a little while. Yeah, and at least, like we said, GM is here. I mean, I know they've been a little bit slow with delivering trucks. There was also some information about a hailstorm at the factory that uh, hit a bunch of trucks, and there was a big number of trucks affected by that. <laughs> um, so, of course, it's just ending insult to injury at this yeah. point. Um, but, like we said, Ford is coming later in this fall, and then the Raptor is coming next year. Uh, Tacoma is coming at the end of this year. Think about November, December-ish. Mm -hmm. Non-hybrids. Non the hybrid version comes out next year in the spring, uh, which means we won't see the new TRD Pro until next year because it's hybrid only. Gotcha, gotcha. What do you think about this, what by about the, way? the tr What about the Trail uh, Hunter? Same thing. So it's only hybrid? Hybrid only, also only next year. So what's the highest version of the non-hybrid off-road that you can get is that it's the trd off-road okay so they're really expanding their trd brand in a big way yes they are because now there's a trd pre-runner mm -hmm. you know we know this trd sport trd off-road trd pro they're not calling a trail hunter kind of a trd it has its own brand, its own thing right yeah. so trail hunter is its own brand even imprinted on the a-arm suspension components so they're going all the way 
uh, with their off-road and also kind of street-based trucks. It's interesting to see how they're all doing slightly different things in terms of their philosophy. So Ford has the ultimate bruiser. Really, they truly do. Well, the horse, horsepower king. Just, just absolute monster. Toyota, I think, has the most variety, if you yeah. think about everything competitive. And then Chevrolet seems to have the easiest selection in terms of from the very base model all the way up to the um, ZR2 Bison. There's only, like, what, five different things you could do? Six different things? Well, yeah, there's, like, a work truck. There's LT. There's Z71. Right. Did I say trail bus? No. Okay, let's do it again. Work truck. Work truck. LT. LT. Trail bus. Z71. Uh-huh. ZR2. And then And then the Bison yeah. version. So that's six. Uh, we're talking about eight different trims in the Tacoma. Eight. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly so, my point. So. And only one displacement even though the engines are different between all the chevrolets and also same with the uh, gmc's it is essentially the same displacement along the lines even though they are different especially in the base model compared to the mid-level model so yeah and of course you know where this is going we, we have to discuss like what our, what our choice is you already asked me what uh, my well, favorite well, look yeah, is yeah i was curious about your favorite look well well like i said i i really like the trd pro i think what they did with like the design when you stand back and look at it, it looks like a Tacoma. There's yeah. no mistaking that shape. That's one thing I really like, that they really kept it a Tacoma and they look. And now people are saying other trucks are beginning to look like the Tacoma. I would agree that Chevrolet has a little bit on, on when you look at it on your computer because of squinty eyes. Mm -hmm. But when you see them up close, they actually look a lot different. Um, I actually really like the Chevy uh, Trail Boss. And oh, really? The, the, like, the, the, the truck ZR2? I have? Yeah. Okay. I really do think that they look outstanding. I mean, the ZR2 especially. I like um, the color. The ZR2 brings yeah. a little bit more color to the front of it. Yeah. And it's just the, the stance and everything else really looks, like, manly. I like, and I really do like the way the Raptor looks. Um, but at the end of the day, which one would I get? That's a totally different topic. Well, yeah, because we haven't driven the new Taco and exactly, the new Exactly, exactly. Um, I am. That's kind of why I was wondering about the drag race. Mm -hmm. I know we do it for fun, but it's also a visual representation of, you know, hybrid power versus this V6 turbo, twin turbo power. Um, we don't know. I mean, no, nobody has drag raced a new Tacoma hybrid. Before we wrap any of this up, I wanted to ask you one other thing, because I know some of you guys are saying, well, you guys are nothing but fanboys for all of these. You haven't mentioned any of the negatives. I'm happy to. Uh, any negatives about these? I know a few. Well, well, many. Well, first of all, I own a Colorado. <laughs> I can tell you a few. Please. Do you want, do you want to listen to just yeah. a couple? Sure. So I was thinking about this really hard. So you know how you pop up the rear seats for extra storage? Yeah, sure. Right, in the truck. Mm -hmm. I was spoiled by the F-150. Mm -hmm. I open, I, I come up to the F-150, I open the rear door, and with one hand I can lift the seat, and there's flat floor. Yep. That was spoiled me really Yeah, bad. that was really cool that they had that. I'm coming up to my Colorado. I opened the door. Even my wife on my weekend asked mm -hmm. me, how do you move the seat up? There is a lever at the bottom where the seat back meets the bottom mm -hmm. that you have to pull up and then move the seat up. Okay. So it's a two-hand operation. And then the storage itself is not as... Not almost existent because they have a this plastic structure that supports the seats, but it's very intrusive into the, into the space. Right. And they told me that it was needed there for strength. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get it. But but the midsize truck is already smaller. Why are they taking away more space from me in the back? That would be agreed. That's, so what, that's a question. Okay, what's your next gripe on the uh, Chevy? Um, 
the bed is okay. I've carried a couple of things already already in there. It's a five foot two mm-hmm. inch bed. Um, so I, I can't gripe too much about it. Uh, although I wasn't able to put a four by eight sheet directly between the wheel wells. Oh, really? Um, in the Colorado. Huh. In, they claimed in the Ranger you now can because they made the whole Ranger wider. Gotcha. So that would be my slight complaint. But I realized that going into it that the midsize truck would be a little bit smaller. Gotcha. Okay. The powertrain is good. Mm-hmm. Powertrain is good. Um, I had a glitch. I had a glitch. A couple glitches. Yeah. Um, so uh, I published a video about this, so you can check it out on Altia. Yeah, we're not going to go. We're not going to go into detail. Uh, so about this. yeah, my screen. I'm having some issues with my gauge screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't come on for a while. Yeah. So you'll have to see the video. How long have you owned it? Uh, six weeks. Okay. So in six weeks, yeah, definitely an issue. Also, efficiency, real-world efficiency has yeah. been less than good. Really? Interesting. Um, so here's where it's at. It was originally not good. I don't have a really scientific way of saying it other than looking at the trip meter, mm-hmm. which said about 17 and a half or 18 in the midsize truck is abysmal. Then Mr. Truck and I did the efficiency. Denver 100 loop, a loop all the way around Denver, mm-hmm. and I got 22. Oh, okay. So now it's good. So it's been broken in. And that's the point, is that once you break them in, they tend to do a little bit better. But like any turbocharged engine, when you get into the power, you lose efficiency. Yeah, of course. And that's the trade-off, too, because then there's a dead spot and a bunch of other things that people talk about. And by the way, I've I've driven Andre's truck, and um, not a lot of lag. It's a small turbocharger, so it doesn't take much pressure to get it spinning and getting, you know, inhaling. But... um, we have not driven the Toyota truck, but I'm willing to bet yes. that with the hybrid powertrain mixed in with the turbocharged engine, that there's going to be next to no uh, S- delay, right? Because the, yeah. the electric motor should kick in, and then the turbo will kick in after, I don't know, 2,500 RPM as a guess. And then, boom, you're off to the races. So I think that that might be a fast truck. So we have some idea because uh, some of us at TFL has driven the Crown, mm-hmm. uh, which is not the same output, right? Yeah. Uh, also, the Grand Highlander has the same-ish hybrid system, right? right. They call it the Max. Um, so hybrid Max. So I'm expecting good things, but like you said, we don't know. And we, also efficiency. Yes. Because the Tundra hybrid is not super efficient as it is. Right. And and then part of that is because they said they wanted to run like a diesel. They wanted to give you power, and they wanted to be an engine that's very very flexible, but at the end of the day, they never said that they were going to make it more efficient by using the hybrid system. That, that was a power thing, according you know to I, Toyota. You know what I was secretly hoping when I was in Hawaii? Huh. That they would say, surprise, we, we have the high output hybrid, we have the turbocharged engine, but we also have a non-turbo hybrid, mega efficient taco. And they didn't say it. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, I think that would be astonishing. Right? That's what Maverick did to us. Mm-hmm. They surprised us with a very, very efficient hybrid. Which was their super base model. Yes. Which just still blows my mind. Maverick absolutely killed it with that, and that's why a lot of you guys are ordering them. Um, okay, so to wrap things up, there's a lot of questions, not a whole lot of answers in terms of the driving to the three vehicles that we mentioned we have not driven. He has had a chance to sit in them. Space seems to be better across the board, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and even um, even though the cabs didn't increase in size, mm-hmm. generation to generation, very much, uh, I would say that you know just the overall the cushion and the overall 
just accommodations got a little bit better. Also, technology has increased. That's the truth. Uh, so um, we won't go into every option because we need to review each one, right? Yes. But bigger screens. Yep. In the new Ranger, you have a very large vertical uh, orientation screen. In the new Tacoma, you have a very large horizontal orientation screen. Now these are options, right? Because you can get smaller screens yeah. and lesser uh, models. Yeah, but the orientations stay the same. Yeah. Uh, ver vertical versus not. Um, we have adaptive cruise control systems. We have uh, trailer backup assist systems. We have, you know, they're getting, well, so they're not self-driving yet. <laughs> But it won't be long. But you know what I'm saying, like Blue Cruise, Super yeah. Cruise type stuff. So none of these trucks have those features. Yeah, actually, I'm surprised. Yeah, I have a feeling that they're going to try doing more of the rollout and then the very top end ones. I am actually really surprised that the very top of the line GMC Denali version. Yeah, why didn't not have that? Add Super Cruise to it. Yeah, that was really strange. I mean, to me it's too. easy for me to say, but yeah, but I mean, we're talking about a truck that's you know extending to over sixty-five 60. grand or yeah. more. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, you're going to be spending probably sixty to get one that's well featured. So why not just whatever? Anyway, so I, th I think a lot of you agree that's well, kind of frustrating. Well, the Chevy Bolt Electric has a Super Cruise. That's the thing. It's and it's small, more affordable. Right, right. So, all right. Anyway. Um, so all the trucks are um, coming soon, and you will be going to all of these events to drive them, which is and fantastic. And I'll bring trucks for you. Thank you. Yes. And we will be taking them off-road. We will be taking them up the Ike gauntlet. We will be doing uh, MPG loops. You name it, we're going to be testing it. And we have the team and the experience to make these videos for you, and we're going to keep putting them out. So we're not slowing down. We're actually going to be speeding up. Yes. And we also, I think, have to at least go to Moab once. Oh, hell yeah. Maybe with a with times. each one of these? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think at least a couple of times. That's one thing Roman's all for. He absolutely loves taking these things to, to Moab, and so we will certainly be doing that. Remember when we had the the last generation Ford uh, Ranger? It was an FX package. FX4, yes. Yeah, and we drove it from uh, California to Colorado. Via Moab? Via Moab, and we yeah. took it up there. And we discovered something really cool about that, Among, aside from the fact that it was super capable. That the train uh, control system worked in reverse. Yeah. Remember that? You can actually back up using the uh, kind of a crawl control system. We just didn't know if it worked, and yeah. it did. It was actually really cool. And I do recommend checking out that video. Once again, alltfl.com for all that stuff. And, of course, these new trucks will have all those features too mm -hmm. uh, because the current ones, and they're just continuing to improve these systems as they move on. So, so my hope is this. As some of these trucks roll out, that will have still many options under 40K. Yes. Because like my trail bus, which is 41,000, um, we need more options, uh, more simple versions. We need cheaper versions too, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's why Tacoma maintains the six-speed manual, maintains the leaf springs, because they wanted to offer something a little bit more affordable. And I have a feeling they're going to undercut just about everybody. And that is huge. Because they want to maintain that lead, right? That makes total sense. And the fact so, that nobody else is doing it is like, wow, they, they really hit it. That's so, why we're, yeah. And remember I used to say, because you know, once in a while I like to be sensational, mm -hmm. um, the new ZR2 is the Tacoma killer. Right, That's right. That's what I said. And I said, the new Ranger is the Tacoma killer. <laughs> Do you think any of them actually are Tacoma killers? I mean, in terms of sales, in terms of actual. No, <sighs> no really? not right now. The sales numbers are going to change, and there may be some slow adopters for the Tacoma. I know a lot of you guys are really ticked off that you have to only get a turbocharged engine. Once again, we talked about that and the possibility of reliability issues and all that. And I think that that might slow you down. However, mm. 
what else is out there that they can choose that would be comparable? I can only think of one, and that would be the Nissan Frontier. And the Nissan Frontier, frankly, doesn't have all the options that the Toyotas have. So I think that some of you guys that are a little ticked off at Toyota and are former fans might look around, maybe even try something, but then kind of come back to the fold. That's what I think might happen. Toyota's fully aware of the fact that they are known as being the reliability company. They had this whole QTRT or whatever it is thing about quality and reliability and da-da-da-da-da. They know that that's their bread and butter. And so they're going to build a turbocharged engine that is reliable. Whether or not they succeeded, we have yet to find we'll, out. We'll find out. Yes. That is correct. But they added tow hooks on the front of the taco. Yes! Tow hooks! Thank you. Yes. Still not on top of the, uh, or in front of the new uh, Tundra. Yeah. But I think they're working on that. I have a feeling The they Trail are. Hunter. I have a feeling yeah. the Trail Hunter Tundra. They better. Because they, they said Trail Hunter is going to be their brand for more than one, just one model. Yeah, we're looking across the board now, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. Almost everything that can potentially go off-road will have a Trail Hunter version, which is their more overlandy, top-of-the-line version, which I think is great. And I want to make another prediction as Please. we close. I think 2024, so 2023 right now is the golden age of the midsize truck. For an introduction, yes. Also the golden age for heavy duties in many respects because mm. the new Super Duty, we discussed it last episode. Yes, we did. Right? The, all the off-road versions of heavy duty trucks. I think 2024, in my opinion, will be, I think, also the year of the SUV because I'm thinking if I'm hopeful, f first of all, we know the new GX Lexus is coming. Yep. Which means the 4Runner might be redesigned. Possibly. So if the 4Runner is redesigned, can you imagine what it will push the Jeep folks and the Ford folks and others to do even more? And it's easy to assume that a lot of the components we're looking at with the new Toyota Tacoma are going to find their way onto the new Maybe even the powertrains, right? Possibly. Yes, at least. Yeah. So, so that's goodness. Yeah. So I think um, I would say we'll see a lot more cool off-road SUVs coming as well. I would agree. Well, anyway, guys, there you have it. We've been here for over an hour, and thank you so much for putting up with us once again. And we hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, we do look at our comments. Please, please let us know what you think in the comments below. Yes, um, and we'll see you next time. Check us out at altfl.com. See ya.